Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. If you're in-house, would you stand with us? Let's begin to worship. If you're worshiping online, we thank you for joining us today. Let's worship God today. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in Yeah. 
Praise the Lord. Let's just take a minute and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, our wonderful God. Thank you for loving us, for taking care of us. This is our testimony. Tell somebody how good God has been to you. Humble yourself and tell somebody where you used to be in that miry pit of life and how God just took you out of it through the blood of his precious son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And brought you into his marvelous light. I know that's what he did for me. And I can't but help but tell somebody, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for me. We thank him for the things that he's done. Thank him, praise him for the battles that he's won. Has he won a battle for you today, lately? He's taken sickness out of my body so many times, I can't even count it. And I can't but help put up hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you during this Thanksgiving week. I'm not ashamed to say thank you, Jesus. And that if it had not been for the Lord, who was on our side. Oh, where would we be? Amen. You ever think about that? Where would we be? Thank you, Jesus. Our scripture today comes from the book of Revelations. And don't let that scare you. It's a wonderful book. You're blessed. You read it, the Bible says. And it's a wonderful chapter there that tells us of the power and the necessity of our testimony. We go to chapter 12, starting with verse 7. And here we're told that war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, 
who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. I love this part. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accused him before our God day and night has been hurled down. And they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Praise God. Tell somebody daily, brothers and sisters, what God has done for you. It will bless them. It will glorify God. And he will be well pleased. Let us go before the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. Lord, we humble ourselves as we seek your face in prayer. Being anxious for nothing, as you told us. But in everything in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, we're going to make our request known to you, dear God. Thank you for that precious privilege that you granted us. Jesus, we love you. We utterly adore you from the very depths of our heart. That's why we're all here today, dear God. We love you, for you are love, and you first loved us. Even when we didn't like ourselves, you loved us. For that we say thank you. Lord, we thank you for watching over us throughout this week for keeping us safe from danger seen and unseen alike, for keeping your holy hand of protection upon us at all times, as only you can do. You have shielded us. You have protected us. You've given your holy angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. And you said you need not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrows that fly up by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. And though a thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, it will not come thy day. For you said, only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is your refuge, even the most high, the place of your habitation, no evil shall befall you. Neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. We have protection against the plague, against COVID and such. When we seek God and say, in his holy place. Heavenly Father, we ask that you will just continue to bless us throughout this week. Order our steps, dear God, according to your word, your will, and your good pleasure for our lives. You know what we need even when we don't. When we ask for things that we don't need, Lord, don't give it to us. Thy will be done in our lives, dear God. We trust you. Father, bless every person who is here today, those who are watching over the internet who would have thought it robbery not to be here today. They just had to be in your manifest presence where there's promised fullness of joy. Hallelujah. And you said, I will show you the pathways of life in my presence. Lord, bless those in our church who are sick, those who are elderly, our children especially, dear God. They need you, Lord, like never before in this world. We ask in the name of Jesus that you bless our pastor, First Lady Carolyn, and her mother, Luanda. Bless them, dear God, and strengthen them. Father, we ask that you bless once again the people who are here today for the baptism. And Lord, we just want to say one more time, thank you. Can we all say thank you? Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done and all that we pray you're going to do. In your magnificent, mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Hey, CTC family, I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. 
At the Bear Campus, we are gearing up for this year's Angel Tree Project. This ministry shares the hope of Jesus with a child and helps deliver a personal message of love on behalf of their parent in prison. As we prepare for this, we will be receiving names of children who will be getting a gift. We need your help with contacting caregivers to confirm the gift information. Following that, we will have those names available for you to pick one up and bless a child. If you want to help with this, please send an email to lpoindexter at ctcde.church. As we look forward to the Christmas season, we want to make you aware of our service schedule at each campus. Christmas Eve services at the Bear Campus will be 7 p.m. on December 23rd and 6 and 8 p.m. on December 24th. Christmas Eve at Ellesmere will be December 24th at 7. There will be no Saturday services at Bear on December 25th or January 1st, and December 26th and January 2nd, there will only be one service at 9 a.m. Ellesmere will have our usual 11 a.m. on the 26th and the 2nd. See our website for more details. We are three weeks away from opening night of our Christmas show. Welcome to Bethlehem is set in a historic inn in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Our cast has been working really hard and is excited to present this for our community. Show days are Friday, December 10th through Sunday, December 12th. Admission is free. The tickets are available in the Welcome Center for you to use to invite your family, friends, neighbors to come and be with us. The ticket is not necessary for admission. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Whether you're in person or online, good morning. I wish I could turn the light. <laughs> so I hope everyone has had a great week, and it's also the start of a new week. And I also want to say happy Thanksgiving, even though... It's not here yet, but rather say it before than next week. So again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. So again, welcome to our service today. If you are new here with us, again, welcome. And before you leave the sanctuary, or actually after you leave the sanctuary, when you go out and go to the left, you will see the Welcome Center, where you will receive a free gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff. And you'll be given the chance to, you know, talk to someone from the congregation. And if you are online and you are new here, again, welcome. So you can either click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And now for Connect Card. So for everyone in the service today, whether you're sitting at the table or at your seat, you will see a Connect Card. So a little rectangular paper. So you can sign your name there so we know that you're here today. And also you can write a prayer request because we're always praying for you. And for those online, you can either click the Connect Here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And again, for those in here, don't forget to turn in your Connect cards in the basket on the way out. Yeah, the baskets are by the door. We're so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Roger. It's great to see you this morning. Great to have you online with us today. And uh, we want you to experience God's love and grace uh, in your life. And uh, here at Christ the Cornerstone, we've 
work at practicing at least three things. One is to love God and to love one another, to serve God and to serve one another. And we encourage you to discover and to give your, discover your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your talents, and to use those so that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus. And as we all have the task of going out and engaging the world with the message of Jesus Christ uh, through our words and through our actions in whatever uh, way we can. I want to thank you for your generosity often to us, especially at this time of the year. There are many people who are asking for help and needing help. And, and because of your generosity throughout the entire year, we as a congregation are able to be generous with others. And we have some principles that we seek to follow uh, with the things that God has given to us. And uh, this is principle number eight. And let's read this out loud together, if you would. This great big long sentence. Ready? We give generously. It's a principle from the Bible, and it's a teaching that God wants us to practice. And so let's read this scripture together from Isaiah. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Beautiful scripture. And that's what God wants us to be uh, in our families, in our communities, and in our world. And I thank you for the many ways that you do that. Let's continue worshiping God now. I invite you to stand uh, as, as I offer a prayer as we continue to worship God. Let's stand together. Dear Jesus, we thank you for giving yourself to us. We thank you for teaching us. We thank you for the forgiveness that you give to us and the new life that you give to us. Thank you for the opportunity that you uh, give to us to use who we are and what you have created us to do to make a difference in this world, not only a difference in this world, but a difference for all of eternity. We ask you to strengthen us and empower us as we go out. We thank you, God, for the people who have given these Thanksgiving baskets that we're collecting today, both here and at our Ellesmere campus. We pray for those who are going to receive these gifts that they won't just be a turkey and dinner, that it, but it will be a blessing to them and it will be a sign of your great power and love in their lives. Lord, we don't want to take credit for this, but we do want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to give to others. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God fights about our battles on our behalf. Amen. And he has never lost. Amen? It might not be in the way that we want the battle won, but he always fights and he always wins. It's a brand new song we want you to learn with us. Let's worship the Lord together. I've tried so hard to see it. Took me so long to believe it. That you choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve, and you take the broken things and raise them to glory. Oh, when you stand undefeated, 
Lord, we thank you that we sit today in heavenly places with you. We think about the words to that bridge. When I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. When I open up my mouth, miracles, I have the authority Jesus has given me. I'm not going to take a long time in in explaining this, but just very quickly, most of you in this room know what the term power of attorney means, right? It means if I give you power of attorney in my life, you can do anything in my life that I can do. That's the authority that when Jesus left the earth, he said, greater things will you do. How? In So, here's the question. Why do we as believers sell ourselves short and in turn sell God short with what he can accomplish? Not because of who we are, oftentimes in spite of who we are, but it's because of the power that works in us. And that power is never-ending, and that power is all-encompassing and all-consuming. Amen? God, we just thank you for the power that you've given us in in our lives. We thank you for the authority that we have in your name. And because of that, Lord, we enjoy your goodness. Lord, we look forward in a few days to spending time with our family and friends and, and giving thanks for all that you've done. And Lord, we can say in this room today whether we're in this room or online or watching later, that that God, you have been good to us. Yes, our lives are filled with hard times. But Lord, you have been so good to us. And Lord, we want to celebrate that today in all that you are and all that you have done for us. Hallelujah.
God, we want that to be evident that we are living for you. We want your power to be evident in our lives. Because the price was so high for our salvation. And Lord, we haven't always been happy in our lives, but that's not the, that's not the goal. The goal is being joyful. The New Testament says, even in trials and tribulations, to be joyful. Because the trying of our faith works patience. Pastor Roger explained to us a few months ago what the word perfect means. When patience has its work that we might be perfect, it just means complete. It doesn't mean without flaw. It doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that we don't fall short continually. But it means that we are complete because he is complete. So, God, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. The psalmist said, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and then I will live and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to ask uh, April if she'll join me on the platform. And uh, in just a minute, we're going to, uh, or somebody's going to join me on the platform here to represent kids' ministry. And uh, we're going to pray. And uh, then after, uh, after this prayer, those of you that have uh, uh, elementary age children, uh, they, you can send them to uh, Kids Church. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for all the gifts that you give us. And God, we rejoice in you today that you are the champion. Never lost a battle. And Lord, you've been so, so good to us. And our hearts are filled with gratitude today. So, Lord, we pray for our children's ministry today. We pray that uh, those who are leading that today would be blessed and anointed, that our children might be blessed and anointed in turn. We pray for uh, the message today as the, as the word is opened up and as, as uh, your word is spoken to us, that our hearts would be open to receive. We thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated.
Good morning again. Good to see all of you this morning. And uh, let's see. There we go. Well, we're going to set up some chairs to have uh, a little bit different message this morning. While we're setting up the chairs, I'm going to in- invite Carson and and the Trimble family to come forward. And, uh, you know, we're talking this morning, we're talking about cultures. And it's, it's uh, the, the s- title of this series is called It's a Cultural Thing. And we only have one of these parts of the series every now and then. We're spreading them out. But it's a series, but it just happens every couple of months. And uh, before we had the uh, last time we did this series, we had the Aikiocha family telling us about uh, how they experienced God's grace in their culture from Nigeria. And today, since we're close to Thanksgiving, I want us to think about the culture that we bring as the body of Christ. And, and each, uh, each family is its own culture. And one of the things that we do as the body of Christ is we bring new people into our family. And that's what we're going to do in this act of baptism. So uh, we have uh, Carson and Julie and Dan uh, this morning. Hey, Carson, how you doing? Good to see you. Wonderful to see you. I met a couple of weeks ago with Carson and uh, Mom and Dad. And I want you to, as the congregation, to follow along on the, the screen uh, with some of the, the liturgy that we have and the text. And there's a spot, spot for you to, uh, to say back to this family as we, go through, as we go through this. We're glad to have the extended family uh, of Carson with us as well. He's looking at the lights. And uh, sisters and brothers in Christ... Through the sacred act of baptism, we acknowledge the saving grace of God through our faith in Jesus Christ. This saving grace is God's gift to us, offered without price. And it is through baptism that we are identified with Christ and His church. We are brought into God's mighty acts of salvation, just as we sang in that song a few minutes ago. Um... God, you have been running after me. And we sang, all my life you have been doing this. And do we believe that all of Carson's life, God is not running after Carson, not running after mom and dad so that you experience God's love and God's grace in your life? Yes. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the screen. Get it up there. There we go. Through baptism, the water reminds us that by our faith in Jesus, our sins are washed away and our hearts are made clean. And it serves as a sign that we have entered into the covenant community of faith through Jesus the Christ. And so we gather today around this water uh, and uh, Julie and Daniel bring Carson for baptism to receive holy baptism today, patiently waiting. As the family of God, we recognize God's love at work in our lives, and so we anticipate the day when Carson himself, having matured, will respond to God's grace. He will accept Jesus Christ as his own Savior and Lord and pledge himself to live a life as a faithful follower of Jesus. We know Carson can't make that, uh, that logical decision today, but he's going to mature so one day he can. But mom and dad are here and are committing themselves to do this and to raise Carson in the faith. So, Dad, I'm going to ask if you would, if you would pour that water into the, into the font here. Heavenly Father, go ahead. Look down 
now with your love upon your church and unseal for it the fountain of baptism. Thank you. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask you to bless this gift of water. We ask you to bless Carson, who receives it. And we trust that in this sacrament, your Holy Spirit will protect and guide him to the moment when he puts his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. Carson likes water. I got some questions, Julie and and Dan. Just to affirm your own faith, I ask you these questions Uh, Do you confess your own need for God, your own sinfulness? If so, say, I do. And do you admit that Jesus loves and Jesus forgives you and that you will follow him, you will believe and behave as Jesus teaches us? If so, answer, I do. do. He's fine. Just let him go for it. And uh, to the congregation, this is your commitment through this act of baptism. You are bringing this family into our fellowship. So let's read this together. Will you surround Carson with a community of love and forgiveness as he grows in his trust of God. Let's say this together. With God's help, we proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Jesus Christ. We will surround Carson with a community of love and forgiveness. We pray that he becomes a true believer who walks in the way that leads to life. You know, we're all on that journey together. (laughs) There's <laughs> not one of us that has, that has totally arrived. So we pray for you know, mom and dad as they lead Carson and as they help Carson experience God in his life. So, Carson, now's the moment. Can I hold you, Carson? Let me do that. Yeah, you're a good young man. All right. I'll set you up here like this. Now, you want to touch the water? There you go. Good. Is it warm? Feels good? <laughs> The knee is working good right now. Carson, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mom and Dad, why don't you come around uh, over this side You'll be, and you can lay your hands on top of mine as we offer a prayer for Carson. Let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for life that you give to us. We thank you, God, that from the moment of our life beginning. You're seeking us out. You're watching over us. You're looking for us. You're calling us to come to You. And we thank You for that. We ask You to be with Carson as he grows, as he learns, as he plays. (laughs) And he does what he is meant to do. We ask You to bless him. Lead him to You constantly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That is awesome. Yeah, feels good. Mom and Dad, why don't, come on, join us. Let's all play. There we go. There we go. Somebody's got to play. Oh, there we go. There we go. Underneath here is a certificate for you that you can take. God bless you and thank you. Let's welcome them. As I, as I mentioned, our uh, service today is about, it's a cultural thing, and what we just did was very much a part of our culture, part of our Christian culture that, that, that followers of Jesus have done for ever since, and, and even before Christ came, baptism was part of expressing our faith in God, and so we continue that culture. I want to invite some of our staff to come this morning, and uh, we've got Pastor Vaughn, 
and April and Bill and Daniel uh, are going to come up. And since it's Thanksgiving, uh, I want us to talk about the cultures that we all have in, in our own families. And uh, yeah, come on up, boy, girl, boy, girl. <laughs> there we go. Where's Daniel? Where did Daniel run to? There he is. Here he comes. And uh, culture is such an... We, we don't live life without living it in culture, right? We have to have a language that's part of culture. We eat foods that's part of culture. And the, 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 our culture gets expressed in all of these things, the things we do and how we act and what we say and how we treat people, how we greet people. It's all a cultural thing. And one of the things that I want for us as a congregation is to appreciate the different cultures that God has. Because God has created the entire world, and God has created all the peoples of the world, and God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for the people of every culture around the world. It's an amazing thing. And we need to learn at times to appreciate the different cultures that we have. And even in America, we have, we have thousands of different cultures, millions of different cultures. Your family is, a, is its own culture. And if you kind of question that idea, just think about the idea of getting married. And if you're married, you realize that you blended one culture with another culture in creating your family. And there are times when, you, when you, there are corporate things in your culture that you share together, but then there are very different things. Your family does what? <laughs> and there can be conflict from this. So we need to learn to appreciate the cultures that we each are. As a body of Christ, as a church, we get in trouble when, when we bring our cultures into the church expecting the church culture to be exactly like my family's culture. And we expect the men in the church to act just like the men in my family are taught to learn. That may or may not be the case. Or the women or vice versa. And so we need to appreciate the culture. So we've, we've gathered. I thought another good thing to do is just to kind of give you an opportunity to, to meet some of the staff. And, and Daniel, who's, who's our director of, of youth ministries, our, our student ministries. April directs our children's ministries. Pastor Vaughn is the pastor of church family care. Pastor Bill, as you, you see him, is the, uh, our worship leader and uh, in charge of our hospitality ministries. And I and, uh, want you to get to know them a little bit better. And so I've asked them to tell us an experience that comes from their culture uh, around the holiday, holidays, something that happens in their families, and to connect it with one of the teachings from Scripture, uh, part of the, our Christian culture, uh, as, we, as we live it live it together, and we give thanks to God for all of these things and the way that He matures us. As Pastor Bill said, that word word perfect means complete. We're all becoming complete. And we've got to appreciate the different cultures uh, that we've got. So, Pastor Bill, you've got the microphone first. Why don't you go ahead and get us started? Well, uh, our uh, family culture, uh, I'm from the South. I grew up in Virginia. So our family culture kind of revolves around food. Uh, things like salty ham and cornbread dressing and uh, those kind of things. So my story is, is about food. When I was uh, in elementary school, uh, one, of the, one of my favorite things was to go to my grandmother's house, my, my dad's mom, because she would make sticky rice. Anybody know what sticky rice is? Not many. Anybody ever had sticky rice? 
It's, it is, this is not, this is not minute rice, folks. This is not, you take it out of a box and you simmer it for three minutes and it's done and you eat it and there's rice all over the place. This, it, the, the, to do this dish, you have to soak the rice for 24 hours. And then you have to cook it for somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour and a half. So this is, and this is rice. We're not talking about a turkey or, or some ham or some specialty. This is rice. But we only got this sticky rice at Thanksgiving or at Christmas or around the holidays. And so all of us kids were just crazy over sticky rice because it's the only time we got it. Now, when I was a kid and when I was enjoying the sticky rice and getting excited about I had no idea what the preparation, what, what went into the preparation for the sticky rice. I had no idea that you had to soak it for that long. I had no idea that you had to cook it for that long. All I knew is it stuck together like a ball, and you could throw a snowball. You could make a snowball out of it, basically. <laughs> Not that I ever did that. I don't know why I brought that up. I may have. I don't know. But as I grew later in life, I realized what preparation went into that. And I realized that I had subconsciously taken that on myself. So, for example, when I know that my uh, kids from Lancaster and our grandkids are coming down, I'll spend all Saturday afternoon or I'll spend all day Saturday preparing food. And they don't know how much time goes into the preparation of it. They don't know. They have no idea. And they really don't care, especially my grandkids. They just want to eat. But what it does for me is it... It takes me back. And there are things that, uh, I was telling Daniel this yesterday, there are things that, that I cook that we make around the holidays that are not necessarily things that I love to eat, but I cook them because it makes my house <laughs> smell like my grandmother's house. Yeah. So that's why we cook it. And so as I have, again, as I've gotten later in life, taking a long time to prepare anything, any kind of presentation, any kind of food or anything. And I, I don't care if you know, you know, for example, with our worship songs, I don't care if you know how long it takes to, us to prepare a new song. I don't, you know, you don't need to know that the song we did this morning, we rehearsed for seven weeks before you ever heard it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a matter of, you know, we, we want this to be right. And so we want it to, and that's part of our ministry is that we invest that kind of time. And so that... Uh, my grandmother built that into me uh, all because of sticky rice. Yeah. And uh, so that's, uh, that's, how, that's now how I view ministry is that preparation, you know, the behind-the-scenes preparation, and you think about the concept of an iceberg where you see this much on the top and yeah. then all this down that's below the water uh, that you don't see. Right. And uh, that's what... That's what not just not just vocational ministry, but that's what our ministry to people should be all about. And I liken it to Philippians chapter two, uh, which in the first part of Philippians chapter two, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition uh, or vain conceit. But everything that we do, we should put others before ourselves. And so I can't you know, say 100 percent in my life that I always, that I'm never selfish, but that is my. Uh, that's something that was built into me uh, because of the culture that I grew up in uh, and because of my grandmother's sticky rice. Amen. I'm trying to figure out. I can't imagine what that sticky rice tastes like. Does you flavor it with something? Yeah, I mean, you put butter or 
tastes like butter. You put well, it, it, it tastes like it tastes like butter and starch is what it tastes like. The reason it sticks which, together which, is because you soak it for so long and right, it extracts right. all the starch out of it. Right. So I'm trying to figure out if you like it because it tasted good or because Grandma did it, or it's because when you threw it at your sister, it really stuck to it's, her face. Yeah, that's <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that's good. I'll I'll pass it to you now. <laughs> Well, my brothers and sisters, like Bill, my fondest memories involving Thanksgiving center around food. And not all the food. I love all the trimmings and the turkey. But it's a particular food that is very dear to me. And uh, I'm almost ashamed to call it food because it's a dessert. <laughs> it's pie. <coughs> okay. But not just any pie. It is a particular pie. That brings back to me memories of Thanksgiving and the blessings that come along with it. And perhaps even more so than the taste or the pie is the smell of it. Just the smell of certain things can bring back memories to you. And when I smell this particular pie, before I tell you what it is, let me ask you a question. Does anybody here know what Pastor Roger's favorite pie is? He hasn't been very shy about telling us. <laughs> Pecan. Exactly. He loves the pecan pies. Uh, I've started eating them all, so I, I kind of like them now, okay, <laughs> following the pastor. But in my case, the particular pie that is close to my heart is none other than sweet potato pie. And I used to think that sweet potato pie was a cultural thing because I never knew anything about it until I, well, let me back up a little bit. The first time I encountered a sweet potato pie it was after my mother had passed when we were a young age, my siblings and I. And we were sent to different uh, foster homes. All four of us were split up. My grandmother heard about it, came into town, and collected all four of us little urchins and said, you will not live like that. Yeah. And she brought us to her beautiful new home. She had just gotten remarried, but she brought us in and raised us. And my grandmother, Mama Rosie, was a holy roller, is what we called them back then. I mean, she just lived, slept, ate the word of God. And if you're going to be in her house, so were you. And, and uh, we weren't used to that. But I thank God for Mama Rosie. She got us into the church, turned us around. We, we became kids who loved the church and loved Jesus. And we were singing a song earlier about testimony, about coming out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, out of the pit to the palace. And that's sort of what she did with us. But let me get back to this pie. As children, we were poor. So we didn't have things like pie. We just didn't. We see kids at school eating tasty pies and things like that. We didn't have that. But my grandmother loved to cook, and boy, could she cook. And that's where I first encountered that Thanksgiving was a sweet potato pie. So ever since then, that has been my favorite pie. And I said this last night. I'm not too sure I should say it now because I've been corrected about it. But I used to think it was a cultural thing. Pastor Rogers said, bring something cultural into it. I said, well, that's an ethnic thing. Black people love sweet potato pie. I've had so many of my brothers, white brothers and sisters, and tell me, Ginger told me this morning, we love sweet potato pie. She said, and we realize it's probably more of a sovereign thing than a uh, 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 and a soul food or a black thing. It's wonderful to know that. Um, for the most part, 
the only time we had the sweet potato pie, she would cook it, Mama, for Thanksgiving. And this is what I was used to all the way until I left home and went into the service. After she passed, no more sweet potato pie for the longest time. And I thought that I might not have it again, uh, like hers. You could buy it here or there, but you didn't see much of it. You see it now in a lot of stores. The Amish have made it very, very popular, I found out. But there was nothing like Mama's sweet potato pie. That was until I met a certain woman named Frances. That was almost close to 40 years ago. And she was the mother of my wife. I met her through Gwen, who I was dating. And uh, she was an amazing woman, an amazing cook, half Italian, loved to cook. She would just feed you every time you walked in the door. We gave her a puppy once. She fed it so much, it killed the dog. You know, <laughs> really, the vet said, if you don't stop feeding the Mrs. Harris, you're going to kill it. She killed it. She just had to feed you. But nevertheless, I found somebody who actually made a sweet potato pie better than my grandmother. And started getting the thought, I wonder if her daughter can cook. <laughs> well... We brought Mrs. Harris into our house as she got older, and she passed away about 20 years ago. And I said, once again, here I am, no more sweet potato pie. But then Gwen had gotten her recipe, and that Thanksgiving she made the pie. And I said, I am so glad I've got sweet potato pie back in my life. And that's what I think about when I smell it cooking in our house. Every Thanksgiving, when it's made sweet potato pie, along with other pies. And all the kids loved it. It's just something that when we smelled that pie, we knew it was Thanksgiving. We would not have Thanksgiving this year, but I pray that next year we will. I haven't planned to say that, but I will tell you this. When I think of Thanksgiving, there's so much to be thankful for. All of us have so much to be thankful for. And if it's a smell of sticky rice, let's give God glory. Thank you. And if sticky rice makes you think of God and how gracious and good he is, (laughs) and if it's pecan pie or sweet potato pie or whatever, we just need to give God glory. It's not just that the pie tasted good. It reminds me how God rescued me through this woman and got me on the path to following Jesus Christ. And I'm very thankful. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, brother. (laughs) Amen. Well, I guess it's a theme. We all love food at Thanksgiving. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My family, we celebrate for three days yeah, that's awesome. um, because we have people who fly in from everywhere and they don't get to see one another all the time. So Thanksgiving is a, an excited time, exciting time for family. Um, so the first night, all the women are cooking, some of the men, but mostly the women are cooking. We don't have time to fix meals, so my uncles go and get what we call hoagies. Um, from a place in Pennsylvania. I know in Delaware you call them subs, uh, but we call them hoagies from Pennsylvania, and they eat hoagies that night, and they kid around and talk about who couldn't cook, and now they're cooking, and, you know, tease one another. We're a very loud family, 
um, I always look at the babies, the new ones who are joining the family, and they just sleep right through it. They don't mind the loudness. They're used to it. Um, But the next day, we have all kinds of meals. And if your family is anything like my family, certain people are only allowed to make certain dishes. So, you know, do not mess up macaroni and cheese. Do not let someone else make the potato salad. There are certain things that each person has to make or no one will eat it if that person doesn't make it. Um, We have, and I said yesterday, we have eight side dishes, but then I forgot to count the two stuffings and the cranberry sauce. So we have about 11 side dishes that go along with the meats that we have. So we always have turkey, we have roast beef, and we have ham. On occasion we will have fried chicken. Um, And this celebration goes on. It starts in the, like I said, the day before, but that morning, some of the younger ones, they do um, some kind of marathon. So when everyone comes in, they're really tired and hungry and ready to eat. And, of course, people are sitting around watching football and playing games and do not play Scrabble with certain people because we take it as if this thing is serious and someone's going to win money. So it's a really serious thing. But once we gather to eat on Thanksgiving, the first thing we do is gather around the table. And, I mean, it's a tight squeeze because everyone cannot fit at the table. But we do gather around to say what we're thankful for. And if you can speak, you have to say something, anything about what you're thankful for. The other thing that we do is we say a prayer. And it's usually done by the eldest in the family unless they defer it to you. If they do, you cannot deny or cannot say, I'm not going to do it. You're going to say the prayer. We always remember those who have left us. um, And, you know, we may say something like the table or the circle is getting smaller. But we're thankful that we are here together. But we end it with the Lord's Prayer. And so that's something that we all say in unison. And then, you know, we go on and enjoy our Thanksgiving. And the pastor, when he gave us this assignment, he said, you know, what does it make you think of or what scripture does it remind you of? And, of course, I always think of the Lord's Prayer. But I was thinking, you know, I think of all the love that we have in our family. God is love. And I think about just the love and the preparation the love and joy in the family and those who come together just to be with one another. And we missed that last year. We tried to do it via Zoom, but it just wasn't the same. So we are looking forward to having it again this year. It still will be smaller than usual, um, but we are so excited, you know, to have that, you know, one more time, that gathering, that love that we have, you know, with one another. And that's all I have to say. That's good. Good (laughs) Imagine three days of sweet potato pie. (laughs) Come on. I'll come to your house. I don't really like going last because I'm going to look like a jerk compared to everyone else up here. Um, If you ever heard my family and I talk with one another, you didn't know us, you would think we're pretty messed up people. Uh, By the way we talk with one another, my mom will regularly here at church call me an idiot or call me a jerk, and I'll respond by saying, I'm going to sell your house and put you in a home, and this is kind of how we talk with one another. Um, 
And it's just how my family has always communicated. Uh, I remember when Chrissy and I were dating, like, I guess 16 or 17 years ago, she came to the house uh, during the summer because she's from Alabama. And I said her did something stupid, and she called me a turd, which was weird. And my dad thought that was the greatest thing. And he said, you're in the family, you know, if you can do that. So when I think of, it's kind of weird, when I think of Thanksgiving, like, we're all like this. So when we're all together at the table, there's like 20 of us at the table. And that's just the way we communicate. If I have a chance to make a joke at my grandmother's expense, I will do it 100%. And it's, I, we do it because that's how we kind of show we love each other. We're comfortable enough with each other where we can joke and we know we don't mean it. And we have the person's best interest at heart. Um, and I also think that Jesus was sarcastic. I think Jesus had a sense of humor. When I look at some of the stories uh, they told where he talked about um, judging one another, you know, the plank in your brother's eye, he literally said, you're worried about the little speck in your friend's eye, and you have a tree growing out of your own face. Yeah. Like, this is how Jesus communicated to other people. Yes. I think Jesus was funny. Absolutely. He had a sense of humor. So uh, if sarcasm is a spiritual gift, then I'm, <laughs> I'm in good shape. Thank you. So, so that's great. Thank you, Thank you. So if you want to be part of Danny's, D- Daniel's family uh, and you're there for Thanksgiving, just bring your potty mouth. You're, you're in. It'll be fine. <laughs> I wanted to kind of close with a scripture. You know, you see how every family is different, and yet in the culture of every family, God is there. That is so important for us to understand. Jesus left his divine place with God. And he came down to live life as we do, in order that he can lift us up to that heavenly place to be with him. That's what Jesus did. And we do it because simply we we trust in him. And in the book of Colossians, we have an amazing passage that begins with verse 12 that speaks to how God has created us as people to be together, and he also teaches us how to live together in this. And it says, since God chose you, and we've been singing about this, we've been talking about it, God has chosen us. He has chosen us to be the holy people that he loves. So you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Move over, Pastor Vaughn. <laughs> that word to make allowance literally means to make a space for. So I just I, I rudely moved Pastor Vaughn out of his seat, but he made allowance for my abruptness, for my rudeness. Not saying it's okay. But it just made allowance for it. And how many times are we going to have to do that this week as we gather with our families together? God be with you as you make allowance (laughs) for that uncle or for that aunt or for that nephew or that cousin or whoever comes in and you say, oh, here she comes. (laughs) I didn't mean to pick on women because the guy can do just the same. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive, forgive. Forgive anyone who offends you. Let it go. 
And above all, clothe yourselves with love. And it is love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. The peace that comes from Christ becomes the law over our hearts. Let there be peace. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. And always be thankful. What a great tradition this is in our country, as a, as a nation, to say it is important for us to give thanks. And, and that, that giving thanks crosses every culture. As Pastor Vaughn thought sweet potato pie was part of a unique culture, he learned it's not. But the, the love that he experiences through that goes over and into every culture because God created every culture. As we close our service this morning, you guys can go back down and to your spots. Thank you all for, for helping us uh, learn and appreciate the different cultures that God has placed in us. And as, as, as we finish with a time of prayer, let me invite you to, to enter a time of prayer as the team leads us in a song and uh, you're welcome to come here and pray if you just want to come here and kneel at the platform area and say thank you Jesus for my crazy family and maybe you don't have a family that you get to Pastor Vaughn very vulnerably shared with us that that they're not getting together as a family they're going through some grief and it's a very different Thanksgiving for them but we pray for them you may be in a similar place let me just say this you are not alone, even if you're alone in your home. You're not alone. The family of God is huge. I love you. God loves you. So rest and give thanks in that, even if you find yourselves in a small apartment, in a little home, by yourself. You're not alone and give thanks to God for that. God loves us all. So let's give thanks to God for all that he gives to us. Uh, the good, the bad, the growing up, the maturing, the painful, the good, and all that. Let's stand together as we pray, as we sing, and as we do it all with thankful hearts. Amen. Thanks for letting us tell our stories today. That was fun. think about the circumstances in our lives and how they affect us. We look at Thanksgiving that's coming up this week and we think, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. Because there are relationships that are strained. There are situations, there are people that, that we don't get along with. There are people that we just don't want to see. But we have to. God's grace is greater than all of that. His power is greater than all of that. And not just for something like overcoming the power of sin, but something as simple as dealing with a relationship that may need to be mended. So you've heard the invitation. The front is open to pray. Our folks will be at the prayer stations uh, if you need somebody to pray with you. If you need to know Jesus before you leave this building today or before you sign off online, our uh, online host will be with you for another 15 minutes or so after the service is over. But make a decision today to follow Christ. God, we worship you. And keeper of the day and the 
nothing is greater than your power. We thank you for that. Hallelujah. We sing together. No guilt, no shame. No guilt, no shame. No sin, no stain. His greater. pray that that power, that Holy Spirit will be resident in us so that we, even in our own families and even in our own culture, can see love, serve, and engage in action each and every day of our lives, every day that we live, every day that we breathe. God, we pray that our families would enjoy a great time together this week. Lord, maybe there are relationships and families that you want to restore this week to bring glory and honor to yourself. I pray that you would move in families this week as we are thankful and grateful in Jesus' precious name and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today.